guest here that's somebody that you, you might have seen on your favorite show um he's a recording artist he's somebody who's talented he's a man a spiritual man he brings a lot to the table and he's going to share some of that here with the best team in radio welcome on his maiden voyage to the 950 lounge show to super talented mr chris weaver good morning sir how are you good morning i'm, I'm doing well how are you okay doing great doing great you know maintaining through the this crazy time um uh, again, like I said, the, the, it's, it's amazing to have you on the show because while we do this show and we bring a lot of different people on, when you see somebody who's, who's on TV and <laughs> wowing people and you're having a conversation, well, I'm not from the – I'm not averse to the fact that I'm still like, you know, hey, this is still a, a great thing that we do. We got a great job that we do. Um, well, thank you for having me, I'm really. Oh, without question. And Chris, um, you was on the, on the voice. Um, but obviously you're singing – Talents didn't start there. And, you no. know, just reading on your journey and growing up Long Island and uh, growing up in the church where a lot of great singers start. Kind of talk about that a little bit, just growing up in, in the church and singing. We grew up in the church. Well, but you didn't sing. <laughs> I was in the choir. Yeah, but you wasn't the lead. They just were you, were you in the choir by choice or were you forced to be? Oh, we were I had to, to be, be in the by room. choice we because, because we always would run out the back door of the church, you know, and hang out. So that'd be I was Millie Vanilli before Millie Vanilli started. I was <laughs> singing like a mug. But you were singing. You sang. So talk about that growing up in the church and, and singing on Sundays. Yeah, well, it's so funny you say that because I, I, I actually – look at videos from when I was at my fa at family reunions when I was like maybe six. And um, I watched those videos and I said, who encouraged me to do this? Cause it, it wasn't good <laughs> at all. I mean, and it was just, I used to do the spoken part of uh, Kirk Franklin's reason why I was like, someone asked the question that like at six years old, you know? And I was like, why, who is encouraging this? Uh -huh. um, but it wasn't until I was uh, eight and I, I sang uh, precious Lord, take my hand. Mm. And um, that I, realized like the response of the people and I said oh well you know we might have something here uh and so I just kept developing that and I remember being um that they had a children's choir in our church and then they had like a youth choir and I think the children's choir wasn't uh wasn't doing anything at the time and so my, I remember my mother put, talking to the pastor to say I know he's not old enough but I want you to put him in the youth choir 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, you know, even thinking about like just things like that, how she, my mother started me early with that. And um, so, yeah, so I was singing in church and, 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 and then my pastor would go out to preach and then, he, you know, he would have me come with him and sing different places. And um, so, yeah, it became, it, I was doing that. So I, and, and my, I went to a small Pentecostal church in Long Island. And so um, I also played the drums and I ushered and I gave the sermon at the same time. You know, how it goes. With the, you, you Pentecostal church, you put the sheet on people when they went in the Holy Ghost that, too? You yes. You laid the you sheet know, out? You know. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, so, yeah, I, really, I really started taking the singing. And so in school, I was also doing uh, chorus and stuff like that. So I was also doing like classical music and, and, and such. And and so it was just like, you know, it, I just I just began to realize i remember the moment when i was like ah, i like love music you know i, I wake up thinking about music I, I go through my day i mean anybody who went to high school with me can tell you you always singing down the hallway like you know it's just it just became a part of me uh and 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 i was real churchy growing up so when, when, was that in high school where you decided or you felt like in your mind this is something i can do for a career and get paid for it uh no, 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 because I love, I just, I knew I loved singing and I knew I, I knew I wanted to, to maybe pursue that. And, you know, the times have changed so much because even when I was in high school, that, that's the time when you wanted to be like, oh, somebody's coming to the school who, you know, who you heard works for somebody and you want to kind of give them, you know, some of your music to hear, right. you know, people don't do that anymore. Right. But um, it wasn't until I got to college, my first semester of college. And I did, I was in a jazz um, vocal ensemble and me and the piano player happened to write a song together and I remember we performed it and people came up like with tears in their eyes after hmm. and that was a moment when I was like this is this is a, this is there's no other option this is what I want to do for the rest of my life it took it took it more serious yeah when, when that happened yep. yeah because the beauty of music when you can touch music is really it's designed if it, if it touches your soul mm-hmm. like when you can start moving or you know like you know, like obviously, and we'll get to the voice later, but it, it's songs where you had people just like, they had no rhythm, like they found rhythm, <laughs> like, you know, so from that standpoint, that's when it's, <clears throat> and, and you've had that. Um, now, growing up in Long Island, um, you know, obviously in church and different things like that, you know, from, from information I've read about you, you never felt comfortable, like you always felt like somebody, you know, had wasn't comfortable with who Chris really was. When did you decide that, you know what, throw caution to the way I'm going to be me. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to sing my music. And I'm going to be to live this life that I'm ordained to live. When did, did that happen in high school or was that college or was that much later? Uh, college, I think college was a, a, a very transformational period for me. Um, uh, Cause I went to, I went to a small college in Pella, Iowa. Uh, and this is after I, originally uh, applied to all historically black colleges right. and I ended up at the furthest thing from that. Uh, <laughs> so here I am in the middle of Iowa the world from Long Island to Iowa. Yeah. And no big egg is in, in Iowa. No, no. And then it's about a, ta- it's a Dutch town of about 10,000. You can't mow your lawn on Sundays. It's, it was a whole new world. Um, and so that, that was the, it was, and I remember being there and being a part of like the campus ministries and stuff like that, but also being a part of like, um, all the vocal groups. And I just remember like feeling like I was there to be, you know, um, de-churched, like what I knew from the black church and like, you know, and just, you know, just to, to, to have a, uh, get a brighter understanding, a wider understanding of what, what the world is because right. the, there's a world outside of the black church. Yes. Um, and I feel like a lot of times until you step out of that, you don't realize that. 
Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I started traveling and, and with, with overseas with the groups that I've seen with in college and with mission trips and, you know, started to, to get a worldview. Uh, and so that really opened my eyes to, to th- that there's different kind of people yeah. everywhere you go. So definitely, definitely. Go ahead, Rodeo. Now, um, when you get, like say we got to college, basically you're your own person now, because now you seeing everything differently through your, through the eyes of Chris, instead of the eyes of Chris and his mother and the family and the church. Mm-hmm. By now venturing out, the music, the way you're going about living your life, did people back home felt that you was rebellion against them and against God because now Chris Weaver is living Chris Weaver's life? Uh, no, I don't think, I don't, no, no, I don't think so because, uh, Here's the, I knew I wanted. I always knew I wanted to get out of out of New York to go to college because right. you know my mother was a a, a, a a Pentecostal preacher and evangelist, and I was like, we I gotta go. We know, um, and so because that's yeah. how it's ours. <laughs> yeah, we so, live the same life, Chris. Yes, yeah, so, so that's why even when when I when I could go to Iowa, I said, you know what, <laughs> I'm going. Um, and the thing is, when you're at college, you know people think you're at college, so there's not. You know, so when I came back home, it was, which actually wasn't very often because, I mean, at that time, tickets were so expensive to keep <laughs> flying back and forth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you make friends with friends on campus and go visit them. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it wasn't really, um, I had a lot of freedom in, into, into finding out who I was um, because I didn't have to go back home very often. But I will tell you that um, when I had doubts of leaving, um, a friend of mine, his mother said to me, she said, let me tell you something. She said, you go to Iowa. She said, because those folks you leave on the corners when you leave here now, she said, they'll be on those same corners when you get back. Yeah. That was proven to be true. Yeah. And so I'm glad, I'm so glad that I went. Perfect. We're talking again, the recording noise, Chris Weaver. Go ahead, Steph, jump in. What's, what's one thing that you learned within your, let's say your first year gone from home? Uh, <laughs> my first year going from home, I learned. So I learned. I learned about barn parties in Iowa. I didn't know that was a thing. And moonshine. Listen. <laughs> actually, I, before I left Iowa, we did. I did. We did meet this guy who made moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting place. Beautiful place, but interesting place. And, and I learned how to make casseroles. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Wow. All right. That's great. So, <laughs> well, you know, you know, black folks, we got to start cooking at two to have dinner at six. Yeah. You know, white folks in Iowa, they will have a casserole ready in thirty minutes. <laughs> no, no seasoning. Just, just. Put a salad with raisins in it. Sprinkle some water on it. <laughs> Chris, let's let, let's let's fast forward a little bit. There was a time when you performed and you tore the house down, mm-hmm. and a very talented. Um, professional, well-known singer threw a shoe at you. <laughs> Talk about that experience when Jennifer Hudson threw a shoe at you when she just felt that feeling from your music. Uh, so, <clears throat> wait, are we talking about the voice? Before the voice. <laughs> oh, before, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
so this is actually a year before that, before The Voice. I um, was doing a show at 54 Below. Um, a friend of mine, Mark McKillop, was, uh, he did a show there. And, and uh, our other friend, Alex Newell, who uh, was on Glee, yeah. was there as well. And so after the show, we got done and we went for drinks. And my friend Antoine kept texting me, like, come to this location. And I'm like, you know, what is it? So he's like, just come. And I'm like, listen, I'm not just coming to any location, you know, and you don't, you know, I'm not just showing up. That's not who I am. So he said, fine, then don't come. And, and I had to stop and think, well, I said, well, I actually trust you. <laughs> so um, I remember I left my friends and they were very upset. And uh, I got to this location and I see another friend of mine. So I, so we trying to figure out what's going on. So he meets us at the door and we walk up and he goes, it's open bar. And at the time I drank. So I was like, listen, that's all I need to know. Uh, so we're standing there making a drink and uh, my friend goes oh my gosh and I turn around and I think I just started cursing because it's like you gotta be kidding me and so Jennifer Hudson is standing there and so this is just this this cast party my friend was in the color purple at the time and this is just this cast party that she threw for the cast at this um, Brazilian steakhouse and so we sat down and we're eating and then there's this band just a live band she had there uh, because I mean, they love to get together and sing. And my friend goes, "What song are you going to sing?" And I go, I'm, "I'm not, I'm not singing a song." I'm like, "These are this is Broadway." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm not singing." <laughs> um, and so I I went up and I sang "Try a Little Tenderness." And I remember just I think she was talking to somebody, and all of a sudden she turns around and she's standing there and she starts taking all these people's napkins and she starts gathering them and she starts throwing them. Then she ran out of napkins and she threw a shoe at me. And so that was actually the first time I sang Try a Little Tenderness for, for Jennifer Hudson. It was a year prior to the voice. Wow. Did, um, did, did she hit you with the shoe in second? Did you give it back? <laughs> well, she, she threw it. I didn't catch it. She threw it. And I, I just remember she, she goes, she asked me who I was. And then it, it went into singing again somehow. And then she, she just snatched the microphone off the stage, you know. How, how did that feel? Because obviously Jennifer Hudson is world-renowned. Um, coin artist, uh, respected, talented. This is not just some woman who this woman can tear the roof off of. Right. How did that make you feel? Even though you had already pretty much established yourself doing different shows, going around the world, and felt you was, you know, you can make it happen. But when you get accolades like that, yeah, what does that do for Chris? I mean, it. it first of all, you got to got to take a breath and get through the song because you're just like, all right, you're shaking, <laughs> you know. Um, but. Uh, I, I've, I've learned that, you know, you never know when a, when an opportunity might come that might change your life. Right. So even in that moment, you need to take a moment to say, okay, yes, you're in this moment, but um, let's, let's do the best we can now. Like take your time and do what you know how to do yeah. because that moment can change your life. Yeah. Right. Um, and, so, and, 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 and for me personally, with a live band, I mean, the, the band was just, uh, for me, that that's, that's what it's really about. They were just vibing so well that it, it that took all, you know, it was just able to just, uh, go with the music, and then and, and that's. But it, it was amazing. I couldn't that, believe that was the time and the place. It, I always feel that it's always a time and place where we're going to be presented with something that could propel us and also compel us to change not just our life but maybe somebody else's life. That's, and that was your opportunity. You got no, the opportunity. That's why you have to embrace your opportunity when it comes. Will you yeah. be ready when the opportunity knocks? We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Chris. We're going to talk about obviously the. 12 months later in your time on The Voice. It's Nafi Lounge, Chris Weaver. Come on back.
And you were listening to 950 Lounge, best team in radio. One love. Peace. We're back on the ride, 950 Lounge. Still joined by our recording artist, Chris Reba, talking about his amazing journey. Um, we just talked about how Jennifer Lopez almost, I mean, Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Hudson almost took his eye out. Now, that would have really been a Maybe J-Lo. J-Lo will hit you with something else. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Hudson wants to shoe out. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she wants the shoe back. But in any event, um, a year later, an opportunity arrives for the NBC hit show, The Voice. Please go into that. Yeah, so um, uh, a year later, I'm doing all these bar, comp- bar singing competitions, and um, I was asked to do one, and I, I 
actually kind of ran from the guy that I didn't want to do it, but he actually came somewhere where I was and you're going to do this competition. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad I did because uh, I didn't know that he was a former producer uh, for America's got um, uh, America's Idol and America's Got Talent and all this and such. And so uh, he got an email from the voice saying, you know, send me 10 people that you would recommend. And I had auditioned twice in the, in the cattle calls, like in the main, you know, and uh, he said, send me 10 people that you think would be good. And so I remember out of the 10 people, I think we all sent the videos. They picked two of us to go to um, the, the auditions in LA. I mean, to, to do private auditions and two of us uh, went to LA after that. And then I was the only one out of two that made it. Um, and so to get there, uh, I was just like, you know, because they tell you, I, I'm so used to being like, you know, at these group ones where they say, you know, we'll, we'll call you, or, you know, or, you know. And so when I got done singing, they said, well, we're going to move you on the interview. And I was, I was, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so they take us upstairs to interview and um, <clears throat> this this girl goes, you know, she's standing on the side and she says, just tell us your, you know, your name, your, where you're from and what you do. And so I said, my name is Chris Weaver and I'm however old I was at the time. And I go, you know, I'm a worship leader and a drag queen. And she, I remember she pops up from behind this thing and she goes, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know? And so I remember they called and we went to LA for the network auditions. And uh, I don't think I've ever told you about this, but network auditions. So you have to, you have to pick, they give you a list of a hundred songs right. from one to 25. You pick your top to your, uh, um, your top favorite to your least favorite. At the time, I had been listening to Joni Mitchell's Both Sides Now. Both Sides Now. Didn't know the words, but I don't know why I put it as number two. And they chose that. <laughs> and so, and they chose Try a Little Tenderness for my first one. Mm. And so I went in and I killed Try a Little Tenderness. And I said, Chris, you, again, this is a moment. So you're going to choose to take it. When I tell you, I riffed my way through Both Sides Now like it was nobody's business. And so clearly I liked it because I was there. And so we're there for a month before auditions. And so we get on the stage and they tell you, you know, and, and people believe that you can stop and start if you mess up. No, you're, you're up there in that moment. Um, and uh, I remember we go out there and they start the music and, you know, sing try a little tenderness and was not expecting the uh, result that I got when I got, you know, I didn't even realize all four judges had turned around. Um, at that moment, but yeah, so that's, that's how it started with the, with the, with the auditions there. Yeah, no doubt. So when it comes to that, and again, like I said, you know, you, you mentioned about your occupation and then that's your, um, your alias Nedra Bell. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to that and and with some of these shows, obviously we know that, you know, what I heard them ask you, I know this about the singing, but there's also, they, they, they want the, the shock and awe. Oh, yeah. Um, were, were you were you in 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 costume for the in, for the audition, or are you just you know? No, just in, okay. This is Chris, right? So they just probably figure, hey, you know, he put down an application. This might be something to investigate, but nevertheless, you backed up with singing. Right. So when you go on it again, did, did Jennifer remember you from um, this experience? So, I, so I had actually the producers gave me a picture. Um, from the said that they said if you you know you can hand this to her and so I I, I handed her the picture and she said she remembered you know and, and actually because it's so funny because my friend said that after that party the next day he texted her, uh, she texted him and said who who is that right and right. so 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 it was, it was great to know that she did remember that and uh, yeah and when you look back on it now um, with the show 
And again, like I said, there's people who've done many shows. I mean, we can go back to Star Search and, and American Idol, all these you know, different programs. Do you feel like from a standpoint, uh, it's about the music or is it about other things that when TV gets involved, kind of, you know, can, can make it into more of a show than, than actually about the music? Uh, I think, um, I think every, all these, I think every singing competition on TV um, has an aspect of it's, it's definitely about ratings. It's definitely about, you know, a story. Um, But I think I I felt, and I still do feel that the voice is probably one of the only competition. I mean, because what other competition do you have where the judges, once you get to that round, uh, solely base your talent on your voice without seeing Right. Uh, and so that's why that's why I really wanted to audition for The Voice, because I was like, you know, it, it really, you know, although you have to go through rounds to get there, but once you get there, it really does speak to to your talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I, I have auditioned for other shows and it's been uh, <laughs> I was I was shocked that, you know, that they let some of these people through. But um, I mean, it's all it's all about good ratings. And t- everybody has to get paid. Right. So, you know. And you did decide when you know when you came back for the finale, you did um, come out as Nedra. Yes. And uh, how was that received by the producers? Did you tell them you was doing? I, I, I'm I'm sure they they just went walk up and say, you know, we see this guy in, in drag. But did you let them know it was something they you know? How did that uh, come together? Where like hey, this is what I want to do? Was it you brought it to them? They brought no. it to you kind of like in the middle. So actually, funny story. So I get sent home right before lives, um, and that this that season was the first time that America did not vote in the playoffs. Right. They normally vote. The judges picked the, a top four, and um, I get sent home, and I'm like, this. I don't know. I'm like, what, what happens now? You know? And I am. Um, I remember I flew back to Iowa in November to do uh, at the church I used to work at, and I was actually doing drag at the bar I used to work at. And I'm sitting in between the services and I get a call, an 818 number. And I said, that's LA. And I go, I need to answer this. And it's Chad, the executive producer of The Voice. And he goes, listen, we uh, were talking, you know, and what would you feel about coming back to, uh, for the finale and performing in drag? And so I'm like, y'all, y'all, and I'm like, y'all joking, right? You know, <laughs> can't be serious. Right. And so he's like, no, we're very serious. And so he's like, we want you to bring some of your drag queen friends from New York. Um, and we and they sent me this. They sent me a whole uh, treatment of what what they of the plan. And I said, there is no way that this this can happen. This was in November, right. mind you. That was in December. I said, this is there is no way that this can happen. And uh, they really pulled it off. Wow. And again, you, you kind of go on as the uh, the first performer, you know, in drag to uh, to do um, one of these uh, music shows. Yeah. Again, you know, was, <laughs> we made history. Yeah, without made history and, and everything with it. Go ahead, yeah. Steph. <laughs> That's such an awesome moment when you get that phone call. It's like everything around you completely stops, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, uh, yeah. oh, my God, what now? Like, <laughs> how do I prepare? How do I do this? How do I do that? Like, I mean, explain a little bit about those, like, butterflies that, that – were surrounding that moment and, and leading up to, you know, your performance. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, in, in, in that moment, you just like, first of all, like, who do I call first? Do I call my mother? Do I call my mother and tell her I'm going to be on drag and uh, national TV and drag? Um, so, um, but then you think, then of course they, they wanted me to bring singers. And so I'm thinking like, 
who can I bring? Like who can, who can work with in such a short amount of time, um, you know, and, 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 and not be, you know, not clash or have any, you know, ego problems or anything like that. Um, and so then I, I thought I called a friend of mine and I said, listen, your group, Stephanie's child. I was like, because they were already a group, I figured it would be easy for me to, um, you know, to, to, to join in with them, um, as a lead. And then, you know, rather than bring three voices together, we've never sang together. Um, and that was great. But and so we get up there and they send you this. And I'm just waiting for this call to say, okay, well, we talked about it and we don't think this is going to work out because this really is a lot. They talk about this whole stage set, all these dancers. And, you know, um, it wasn't until we got there. So we, we flew there. Um, and I think we missed our first connecting flight. And so we had, had to, now mind you, we had three days to do this once we got there. And so they had to move everything. Um, and it wasn't until we were in a rehearsal where I, I was like, I had to stop and again a moment thing where I was just like, oh my gosh, it hit me like this is gonna this is really gonna be a history making thing. Like this is gonna change, you know, first for this is a, a platform for people who never thought who do drag, who never thought that they could right. you know do that. Or for a young young person who um, you know this could be life changing for them. Yeah. And so that that's really what what you know and, and uh sorry. It came on where it was. It was just a lot. It was. It was overwhelming, but it was. Uh, it was a good overwhelming. Uh, and I said, you know what? Let's get up there and remember that that this is life changing for people. That this is history making. Yes, there'll be negative feedback, but guess what? People are afraid of what they don't know. So let's go out there and do what we do best. Did you think in that moment, while you're in this moment, that maybe just what you're doing on national TV could be saving people who, you know, obviously, you know, that come from backgrounds that they just they can't express who they are as people. Oh, yes. They feel blocked in. But now here's here's Chris on TV, uh, not just in drag, an African-American, mm-hmm. a, 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 a man of stature, um, all these things that people say, wow, did you know in that time that, hey, you know what? my appearance in this garb could be saving lives? Uh, d- definitely. Because I, I, mind you, when I cut off the show, people are already commenting, like, you can't be a worship leader and a drag queen and things like that. And, you know, and, and I very much uh, was aware to the fact that I'm a black man, I'm a gay man, and a drag queen. So, you know, you have all these things. And I remember somebody saying, uh, you know, I don't understand how you can sit in church and, and do that. And I said to them, I said, you know what? I said, I've actually been, I've never been so free to feel like I can, you know, uh, have a relationship with God or, or be me because I, I don't um, sit under a church where they preach against me every Sunday, you know, because I know that I'm, I'm worth more than that. Um, and so it, it was, it was, um, so I really, I really knew how this would really change and how this would encourage people or, you know, save someone. Um, well said. Once again, and all, not only God, but also, regardless of how you live your life, God created you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the way people live their lives today, the older, sometimes the older generation, they, 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 they can't accept what the new generation is doing or what they're expressing because yep. they see life in their eyesight the way they were portrayed to see it as. That's why today is so much going on out here. It's so much people now and, and embracing what they want to become and what they are. The old school person may not can accept it, but at the end of the day, you got to accept it. Because yes, the yes, day, I'm the one looking in the mirror at myself. Yep. I can't express how me, Kevin, Stephanie, how they can look at you 
or you look at me, Stephanie and Kevin, the way we got to look at each, we got to look at ourselves first mm-hmm. and be comfortable with ourselves before we be comfortable with anybody else. I thought you, I was, gonna, thought you was going to get lost with that rodeo for a minute with the me use, but you made it. <laughs> well, I'm looking at four pitches, so you, her, him. <laughs> well, you know, because I, I tell people all the time, it's just like, so growing up, I tell people like when Kirk Franklin, when he first came out and started, and then he came out with the album with Revolution and Stomp. I remember the church was like, "Oh no, like we're not having that." Well, he you know, mixed, he mixed church music with hip hop, and they, they, like I said, the old school. Oh yeah, that, that, that's double worship music. You can't, y'all can't that. sing that in here, you know? Yeah, and it's just like it, it's it, people are afraid of what they don't know. Yeah. So when it's unfamiliar to you, your first uh, your first instinct is to just. You know, no, that's not that's not what I'm what I know. That ain't church music, right? I mean, they did the same thing with Thomas Dorsey, who wrote "Precious Lord, Take My Hand," which is one yeah. of the greatest hymns. They yeah. said it was blues music, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so we, we we just are afraid of what we don't know. But but when you can open yourself to understanding, and you know, saying I may not like I may not understand it, I may not accept it right now, but I but let me open my mind to say something. Then you really unlock yourself to a world of of, of just beauty. The only thing I always tell, say to people, you may not agree what I do or agree with what I say, just respect it. Because that's, I think at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants. We don't have to love each other, but when we yeah. respect each other, I think things are more acceptable. Because we're not like each other. Yeah, just respect it. That's it. Well, yeah. we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about now the aftermath. You got music coming out. You're doing a lot of great things. And uh, I'm excited to learn more about it. It's Chris Weaver, Nancy Lounge. Come on back. All right, we're going to go right back in, Chris. We got another. I guess this is the last segment. That's it. Another seven, eight minutes, and then we'll get yeah. Chris on to his day. Okay. <laughs> All right, five, four, three. We're back on the ride. Nancy Lounge, still joined by the lovely, super talented Steph Pearl Rodeo, a.k.a. Golden Arm. And, uh, our special guest, Mr. Chris Weaver. Um, again, Chris, like I said, the odyssey of music has led you from the Pope, the church, f- to the, the, the cornfield, to the yeah. of Hollywood. <laughs> and now you're putting together your own music montage to the world to see. Talk about the new music coming out with you and where you're looking to go with your brand. Uh, yeah, so I... Um... Uh, so funny, the, 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 right before the pandemic, a, a friend of mine who was a singer, she said, you know, she, she's a songwriter and she said, I, I got some songs. And I remember she started reading the lyrics to some of these songs and it literally, I said, it's, it's literally as if you wrote this for me. Hmm. Um, and so we started rehearsing the song and then of course the pandemic happened and we were like, you know, but after this, this is when we thought, you know, maybe it'll be, you know, not as long as it is. Yeah. So we were like, um, uh, Maybe we'll, we'll record it after. That way, you know, it'll be done. And I remember one night I was like thinking about the words and I go, oh my gosh. And then the next day she called and said, Chris, we need to record this now. Um, and this this whole journey, it's been a process with just, just for this new single. Um, but it it's a, it's, a, it's a process that had to happen. Um, and so we finally recorded it. Uh, and uh, the song is called Crying For. And I think it really speaks to uh, to what's going on in the world today. Um, you know, like uh, some of the lyrics say, what are you crying for? Look at all these open doors. Um, an ending is just the beginning to a brand new day. And so we started really thinking about that, thinking like, like people need to hear this because 
uh, although things, the crazy, these crazy things are still going on, but guess what? You have to, you have a choice. You can either uh, live and find a way to, to, to live life or you can be bound by it. And so we, we really want to encourage people to get out there and live. Um, and so there, so we just got finished recording it last week. Congrats. And um, I think this is the first, this is the first single that I'm like, the first piece of music that I put up that I'm just really, really, um, I think a hundred percent just in, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and I'm, I'm so excited about what it'll do for people. Um, yeah. Without question, without question. Go ahead, Steph. You know, I was kind of wondering, I was like, can you give us a little snippet? <laughs> uh, yeah. We ain't going to pay you now, Chris. So Wait, let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. I'll turn my chair. <laughs> yeah, I'll turn back around. <laughs> uh, yeah, we ain't saying, yeah, we ain't. <laughs> Listen, I know, uh, I'll give you a little bit. I'll give you a little bit. I know it's early. I know it's early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, me, me, me. No. You want some juice? <laughs> I, I, have, I have some water here, actually. Yeah, I would say drink something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I put you on. I thought he was gonna gurgle. (laughs) Uh, So someone says, "What are you crying for? Look at all these open doors. An ending is just a beginning to a brand new day." No time for debating. Opportunities are waiting. Don't cry, just say goodbye to the days of old. Oh, that sound like you know what? That's the church, but God, that's you can tell he's from the church because that, that that's a hymn. That's like a hymn song of church. Because that's how people that grew up in church, that's how you was taught to sing in a church. This you don't leave your that. origins. You don't leave your origins. That was beautiful. No, that's, 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 that's church. Oh, that's the, oh, that's it's, it's so funny that you said that because the, the, this, this song has been, it's been so crazy because it has, it, it does have a church feel. It does. We, we wanted it to not be too churchy where people couldn't relate. And so mm-hmm. um, the producer, Mark Newton, uh, he put, I mean, he, the, the way he did the music was just so perfect. And so I'm so excited. So, so there is no, no official release date yet because mm-hmm. I realized, uh, I, I've said that, you know, we're always rushing and people are always rushing to get things done. Yeah. I said, you know what? I'm going to take my time with this. Excellent. I mean, it'll be released yeah. in the next month, right. but I said, I'm going to take my time and fix the thing. So, cause I want it to be perfect and I want to present it um, in, in the most, you know, in the best way that it can be. Um, so we, we don't have an official release date set um, yet. But it will be out with them before the summer. That's that's like a song that I think we need we need now because I mean you hear a lot of songs today about spiritual and everything, but certain songs really touch the heart. And right now we need something to touch our hearts because what's going on? Not just the COVID, just the whole this twenty twenty just really enhanced the mind and the body and the soul. Like what the hell is going on here? We yeah. need, need more love. 
We got a few minutes left in this interview, Chris, and I can't thank you enough. I, I, you know, again, we love to have you back. But if you can, like, you know, again, with everything you've gone through and where you're at now and where you're moving with your music, if you can close your eyes, and what's the next three to five years like for Chris Weaver? Oh, uh, the next three to five years. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, there's a couple of things I want to do, actually. I, I, I really – I love traveling. I love singing. Um, and I, I've always said, even, even if I don't, um, I just want to continue to, to write music, uh, that encourages people. I think encouraging people is, is such, um, an amazing thing to do. Um, uh, because and like you said about music, yeah, how it, you know, it invokes feeling, you know, I realize the power of music and you realize through, through everything in history, there's always been music. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I, I want to, I'm actually working on, um, uh, a story, a life story, um, as far as the, the voice and such like that. Uh, because, you know, here's the thing. I never thought that I, I never thought that, um, I, I haven't gone through what this person has gone through to be, to be, you know, where I am, because I know some people have gone through some things. Yeah. And, um, until I realized like, no, what you've gone through enough to, to be here and that uh-huh. people need to hear your story. And so, um, that is why I mean, start working on my, my life story through music, uh, as a musical, so been uh, been starting that as well, uh, and also I want uh, we were talking about starting a, a place for resources for young people. Um, one of the things that happened when I got off the Voice was I got um, letters from parents saying my child is uh, 14, 15 years old and loves the church and loves worship, but uh, I am trying to encourage them to go into a different career path because I'm afraid of how the church might hurt them. Yeah. And never in all my life did I think I'd get an email like that from a parent. Um, and so, you know, and the counselor on and rolled into one. You know, and you, because you, you I, listen, you, you, when you are in a place where you can, uh, can, can give to people, yeah. you know, l- life is all about learning and giving. If you think you've learned and you can't give anything, you might as well die. No doubt. You know, because it's, it's, just, it's a cycle. We got to help each other grow. And so in the, in the next three to five years, that's really what I, um, really where my heart is. We're going to leave it there, Chris. Thank you so much for some time today. Well, words, when you, you get that, like as a talk show host, you hit that, that last, no one is right. <laughs> you end it that way. Where can people reach out to you, find more information about you and your music and get to learn you a little bit more? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Chris Weaver. You can find me on Facebook, my artist page on Chris Weaver. Uh, I'm also uh, on YouTube, official Chris Weaver. Uh, yeah. Well said. Any, uh, Chris, one more thing. You have any other like any other like um, projects? Maybe they, any type of reality shows or anything that maybe people persuaded you maybe to do? I mean, you do you do have something that you, that I think you could present to the world besides the singing? Right. Um, I'm actually in talks right now. Um, I just, you ain't got to say you don't have to talk on it. Rodeo is like Watergate. I said he doesn't have to talk on it. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) it's Chris Weaver. Let's take a quick break. We keep this thing moving. It's not the lounge. Come on back.